Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon Alaya. I'm here at the Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey, accompanied by the great Dr. Frey. Dr. Frey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, can't complain. It's August. NFL preseason is like in full swing. Training camps all over the place. We are going. We are full going. We yeah. have. We already had our first NFL preseason action last week. Right. And now we're couple days away from some more preseason action and a weekend full of football, so I can't complain. I, I was actually away last week. had a, a great vacation. We went out to Vancouver Island, British Columbia. It takes like two days to get there from here and then um, two days to get back. But while we were there, spectacular, right? And and it's not often that I do this, but I, I didn't turn on my TV for you know a full week. And it's not often that I would miss. Like, you're so excited. You're raring for football. Like, just that little taste of football. So that first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, we were all, we were all, all excited about. But I didn't, I didn't catch a single minute of it. It was it was okay. I caught some of it, you know, yeah. but it was just football. Just to have it on the background. That's exactly right. Just having some you know football I mean? on. It's nice. So that brings us to our, our topic tonight. Yeah. You know, training camp's underway. We have a bunch of injuries coming out That's all right. over the place. Brought back the high ankle sprain. Uh, Chicago wide receiver Nikhil Harry. High ankle sprain last Saturday, a couple days ago. So who'd you bring on tonight to talk about this? One of our regulars, man. And, and honestly, you, you may have been on this show at this point, maybe more than anybody else. But welcome back, Dr. Matt Brandt. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a little while, been a few months, but right. glad to be back. I always have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a couple of rounds of golf in there and whatnot in between. And yeah, yeah. yeah. We had him last on when it was a, towards the tail end of the Super Bowl. Now we're bringing back the beginning. So it's just circling back around to the NFL season. Is that yeah. right? Really? Yeah, I think it was the, <laughs> the Cam Akers episode right before yeah, the Super Cam Bowl. Akers, so now yeah. we're back. All right. Just to give us some backgrounds, Nikhil Harry was reported to have injured his ankle on his first play of team drills, which is super unfortunate on a screen pass, got rolled up on by one of his teammates, and it came out that he has a high ankle sprain. Yeah, that's what you get for going to Chicago. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, unfortunately it's for, for him, it's he's trying to resurrect his career, as most articles are saying, that he first round pick from the New England Patriots back in 2019. Right. And now he's here trying to make a name for himself, and he, and he kind of gets this unfortunate uh, occurrence here, and he gets injured. The big thing which I, I found interesting about this was all the reports. It was a severe injury. It's severe. It's, it's a big deal. And I think, you know, Chicago is also dealing with a lot of uh, injuries in the wide receiver room right now. So this doesn't right. certainly does not help. Traditionally or typically, they've been a little bit thin there. You know, um, is it Mooney that uh, he's Darnell that, Mooney. Yep. Yeah, he's he had a pretty good season last mm -hmm. year. But but overall, you know, I feel like they're always looking for the next guy and, and, and Mooney. I don't want to say it's unexpected, but probably played a little higher than I think people had yeah. anticipated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a, just another setback for that franchise. Correct, yeah. And I mean, they've been looking for him. They, right. They're trying to get somebody, and he's had a good good history behind him, but he just hasn't been able to beat this injury bug, unfortunately. Right, right, right. right. What was the specific injury that uh, that Nikhil Harry has had? So Nikhil Harry, this time around, is um, has been reported to have a high ankle sprain, and they're reporting he's roughly out about six weeks as of now. We shall, to, yeah. we shall see. What, right. what do you think of that? I mean, it depends on the severity. It depends on the grade. And we yeah. don't know, and, and we never really get the real specifics of it. And I don't think any NFL team is really going to give you the, you know, the actual severity of it. But, right. I mean, if it's, if it's uh, you know, grade one and it's, they're treating it non-operatively, I mean, six weeks is probably on the, probably on the early side. Right. 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 So I think, I think it's also that time, right? It's that, that football camp time. And, you know, as an athletic trainer, August is always like the big, the big time where everyone's out there now, preseason starting. 
and it's always as myself in in the in the profession it's always been interesting of like when an ankle goes down everyone's like is it a high or is it a low is it a high or is it a low it's always like the big question you got to answer like right away it's like I've, I've only got here for two seconds i don't have a shoe off yet so yeah. you know what what's the biggest you know in your opinion like the biggest or or the definitive answer between the two the high and the low ankle you know the easy way to think about it is uh, a regular ankle sprain a lateral ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain is basically injury to the ligaments connecting the long bones of the leg to the foot and a high ankle sprain is an injury to the ligaments connecting the two long bones you know on top of the ankle that in the tibia and the fibula that are making up the top portion of the ankle so when you have a high ankle sprain it's just a little bit you have that you know possible a little bit more instability and you know it's a longer recovery because those ligaments are they're they're bigger they're thicker there's more there's more of a component to them to to hold the joint stable right you know and if there's any instability of those it causes this diastasis or like widening of the joint and those two long bones to fix those down the road you know makes it a lot more difficult and it's it's, it's they're bigger thicker ligaments to heal it takes longer to heal right right yeah and i think that's exactly why people are oh that's always the first question when someone injures their ankle right. you know high or low mm-hmm. because you know low is pretty predictable and people come back pretty well and usually pretty quickly whereas high ankle sprain is less predictable takes a little more right. time yeah and another thing is you know in a, in a regular lateral ankle sprain you can you know we've had athletes where we'll say look you know you can brace this tight you can tape it you can finish your season and kind of deal with this you know afterwards right because it's not really, you know, your ankle's not falling apart with mm-hmm. some lateral ankle ligament ruptures or tears or partial tears. But if the syndesmosis, the high ankle sprain is disrupted, you know, you can't stress that. You can't, you can't push it. You have to be, you have to be off of it. You have to let it heal. Right. Career render otherwise, if, yeah. uh, if, if potentially, right? Right. You don't want to get to the, the bad part of that. You don't want to be on the, the higher spectrum of the grades. Right. Um, so with that, you know, what is like something that determines the grade of the ankle sprain? Like if, you know, the separation or what, what is like the diagnostic criteria to, to grade it between one, two? Well, in the high ankle sprain, you know, there's, there are some classifications. Um, I think the most, you know, agreed on classification is more of like a grade one, two, three. It's just a grade on the severity. Um, and a grade one is basically, you know, you, it, it's a stable injury. The, the most important part is, is it stable or unstable? Right. You know, it just comes down to that. But you know, grade one is it's stable. There's some damage. There's some stretching. Maybe there's some fluid that kind of comes up in there, some inflammation. But it's but there's nothing completely torn. You know, the the high ankle, the syndesmosis is made up of basically three parts. There's really four ligaments, but it's three parts. It's basically front, middle, back. So the AITFL, the front, the interosseous membrane, the middle, and the PITFL, the back. A grade two then would be rupture of the AITFL, the front, and some damage to the interosseous membrane, maybe with or without, which can be can be stable, can be unstable, you know, kind of depending on you know, who you are and what your demand is. Right. Um, and a grade three is instability. It's it's a rupture of all three. Completely you know, know. open and unstable. Yeah, it's it's gapped. Yeah. Right. And so in that that aspect, right? So what's the treatment of that? So grade three almost is almost like a guaranteed for the surgical. Yeah, route. grade three guaranteed fix. Right. Um, a grade one, you try to treat conservatively. Um, you know, you you put them in a boot. You know, immobilize them a little bit. Definitely some physical therapy and some rehab. And for these guys, athletes, it's like you know, it's rehab all day and kind of getting that. Um, you know, more than what the average you know patient's going to deal with. But right. 
Uh, a grade two is where it's That's kind of more variable. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's and you kind of have to check on you know different tests for stability, and obviously it relies on the imaging. You're going to get an MRI. Anybody that's even suspected of this, you're going to get an MRI. Especially these guys are going to get an MRI off the bat that right. night or the next morning. I find it interesting that you say that, and I don't I don't mean to cut you off, because frequently I, I actually don't jump right to an MRI on these things where where you know if I feel like it's a syndesmotic injury do a stress x-ray, see if it opens, you know, whether you're going to do external rotation stress x-ray or just let them hang the kind of the foot off the side of the bed or side of the x-ray table, just just an, an easy way to sort of stress it and see if it opens. But if it doesn't open and if it doesn't seem too bad, I actually, I don't go down that road. I just put them in the boot and I, I make them non-weight bearing, but, but I don't jump right to the MRI. Is, do you jump typically yeah, right I, to the MRI? I think I'm a little bit more aggressive with it right. now. Um, you know, and looking at these things, and it's just like you know, as as time goes on, and seeing how they how how, how I've seen these things progress, and it's like yeah. if if I, if I suspect it, and you know, there's a couple of different things in your in your physical exam you're going to do. Right. Um, anybody that comes in with you know that uh, an ankle sprain, an ankle injury, and it's like you you know you check a couple of different things, and it's like you kind of slide the fibula and the tibia, kind of check on that. Right. You, do a little proximal squeeze so you squeeze right. above the ankle squeeze test if they have more pain when they lift the foot up then put the foot down like you know dorsiflexion versus plantar flexion mm -hmm. that's an indication it might be you know a high ankle sprain or syndesmotic injury anybody that comes in with just you know i sprain my ankle i kind of do a little bit of quick check on those and if there's anything that's even you know remotely close and, and that i think that it might be a high ankle sprain if it's somebody that's you know relatively athletic or your, right. your physical demand is, you know, normal or high, right. you know, yeah. then I, I jump to an MRI, I get right an MRI, I do a stat MRI. Okay. Because yeah, I don't want to miss that. You know, sure. so if, you, if you miss that, it can be a nightmare. Right. I think we're going to get into that a little bit more yeah. later yeah. on in the show. Right. What happens right. if you miss? Right, right. And I, it's funny that you say that as well, is that historically I've always been on like just an x-ray route and I've not really been strong on the MRI, just, just in my experience, right? It's right. Just, you, it's always been like kind of like a weight bearing x-ray or something along right. those lines that's another way to stress it weight bearing you know see if there's a big separation if it's measured yeah. too too much then you kind of go that route you're hearing that if the mri is kind of like a, a just get get it done and it, again you guys are in the nfl he probably had the mri saturday night right you know not shortly after and then he was put in the boot and everything like that yeah these guys are getting an mri off the bat for yeah. sure right you know, everything no drop about, about it, it. Yeah. yeah oh yeah i mean and i mean the thing is too is an X-ray doesn't always show it. You know, right, you, can, right. you can you can have a completely normal X-ray and end up really actually having an unstable, you know, grade two syndesmotic injury. Right. All right. And that so that's the gray area. That that tough uh, that tough in between uh, right. one. Yeah. So I guess in that gray area too, it kind of leads to the opportunity for unfortunate opportunity, I guess to say, is like you could go, go miss, like we talked about a little bit. Like you could kind of. And, you know, conservative approach of not getting the MRI, you can see x-ray looks kind of normal to the, you know, and then you go so forth, but then you kind of go through that rehab and then you kind of hit that, that dull area where you hit a plateau and you're not getting better. Just can't get past can't it. Get, can't, can't get over <laughs> the hump there. Yeah, and that's the issue. So a lot of times you, you have a, a lateral ankle injury, and, and at least the way I treat it, lateral ankle injury, you know, there's you don't suspect any high ankle sprain. You treat them conservatively and you put yeah. them in a boot and then you, you know, maybe you put them in a brace and you do some physical therapy. And then when they reach time. a point where they kind of plateau, that's when I get the MRI and say, okay, you know, how much damage to these lateral ankle ligaments are right. there? You know, and it's, if, it's, if that's the case, then you go in there and fix them. And I also do that for the sake of looking at the perineal tendons, right? Like every now and again, yep. you have yep. a secondary perineal tendon injury. So if that person plateaus with a lateral ankle sprain and they're not, they're not getting over the hump the way they should be, then yeah, then down the road you, you do that MRI. 
Right. The lateral ankle is, I feel, and is, and is most often treated best. You know, you try to give it a conservative treatment. And then if you have to, you fix that right. after they fail conservatively. Right. Whereas the syndesmosis, you know, it's you, you want ankle. to fix that acutely. Right. Yeah, the high ankle, you want to fix that acutely if you have to fix it. Right. You know, because it's, it's tougher to fix chronically, you know, than, a, than an acute ankle as opposed to like the lateral ankle. Right. You know, those sure. those you can fix down the road and do the same procedure down the road that what you would do in an acute setting, you know, and it's it's the same outcome. Right. And it's not the same outcome in a high ankle. We actually had this particular discussion. We, we covered this topic way back at the beginning. Way back. Episode yeah. two. Episode two, LeBron with LeBron, LeBron James. James right. And yeah. And it's it, interesting to go back. And well, one, I know we, we got into the, the, the anatomy. I kind of went off on one of my 10 minute, you know, whatever it is. Just good, just boring everybody to death talking about the anatomy. So, so if 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 you are um, interested in in that part of the equation, the anatomy, please feel free to go back and listen to episode two and get a part of that. But I, I'm kind of curious into the different approaches, right? Like the majority of it is going to be very very similar in terms of how I treat them and how I. But but I I, I bet there are subtle subtle differences. It's more than one one way to skin a cat. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear another another person's approach. Absolutely, yeah. Is six weeks like an, an average timeline or is that optimistic or? Yeah, six weeks to me makes it sound like he, I'm sure he had an MRI and he may have had some, you know, stretching or some damage or some pathology to the anterior, you know, the AITFL, but there's no instability. I'm sure he was checked all those little tests. He probably, you know, they could have done a stress x-ray, but, you know, they made that decision that he's going to be treated conservatively, mm -hmm. you know, so you don't have ruptures of that, of those high ankle ligaments. So you get so, someone yeah. in a boot, do you, do you make them non-weight bearing at the beginning or if they're in a boot and they can tolerate it, you let them bear weight on it right away? You know, it's, it's symptom specific, right. you know, and if you can tolerate, if you can walk in a boot right. and you can tolerate it and you're doing okay, you walk in a boot. Yeah. If they're having severe pain, sure, you go, you know, maybe you go a week or two in, right. in crutches in a boot, Yeah. you know, and then transition to walk in it. But I think that... I think more and more as time goes on, it's more, you know, these injuries, a lot of these injuries are more just like kind of get moving quicker than right. the way that it used to be. Yeah. Right. You know, it's interesting. so my training, that was kind of what, that was one of, that was a crux of a high ankle sprain in the treatment. Two to three weeks, non-weight bearing. Um, put them in a boot, don't let them put weight on it. I don't know if it's just subtleties in the difference in training or if it's, if it's like you're saying, like the trend is towards more motion, not, not immobilization quicker, sooner, and whatnot. And I remember when we talked about uh, LeBron James being surprised at seeing him standing on the court in a, in a boot, not on crutches on a court, you know, the next night or two nights later, whatever it was, in a boot, but standing in the boot. And I was like, what in the heck? And, and you know, times have changed, you know, like you just treat it slightly differently. And I think a lot of it probably depends on what his MRI was. His, right. MRI, his MRI was you know, negative, but just a little bit of, you know, damage to that. I mean, it's like, and if he could tolerate it, right. You know, let him walk on it, let him put some weight on it. I mean, and he's, you know, he's a 270 pound, you know, six, Beast. eight, you know, <laughs> Beast, right. he's a lot, there's a lot of weight on that. And it's like, but if you can put weight on it, yeah. you know, do it, you know, but it's hard to tell somebody, Hey, stay off of it. I have no, even if they have no pain on it. Right. Right. And I think specifically you know. to LeBron, we, we mentioned prior to like he that was like one of twenty plus ankle sprains that he's had. And yeah. Does that make a factor of like someone who's you know I, how many times you come across an athlete? Oh, I roll my ankles all the time. It's always something. And but then with this, it's it's not again like how we talked about. It's not the same as like the lateral ankle sprain where 
some people can have that chronically and they kind of have that chronic angle instability, but is this chronically, is it more detrimental to like let it go chronically versus just let's, like you kind of said, just get it done right away and just kind of take care of it? Well, again, I think, I think you have to treat each one, each sprain, you know, independent. And if it's, if there's that, that acute damage there, you fix it acutely, you know, for what that warrants. But, and I mean, those guys too, when you have a sprain, all the, you know, for years and years and you know 20 plus sprains i'm sure he has little you know chunks and little defects in his ankle and i'm sure you know down the road in 20 years he's going to be hobbling around right. you know so i i'm sure that he has little loose loose fragments and he's got some laxity and that's why all these guys you look at all these pros and they're all wearing a brace on something you know right. everybody out there's braced taped right you know because they they've had those injuries before and and there is some laxity to it do you, you know? think multiple lateral ankle sprains so, so stretching of those lateral ligaments around the ankle and predisposing you to recurrent sprains also predisposes you to this particular injury the, the high ankle sprain the syndesmosis or do you think the two separate entities if you have instability of the lateral ankle mm -hmm. it's it's not per se going to make the syndesmosis more susceptible to injury but right. it's you're more susceptible to a sprain right. which in turn could turn that sprain into a high ankle you right. know there's different mechanisms of how these you know they right. it's right. described right. differently of how they're really you know touring the, the lateral like where yeah. the foot's positioned on the external rotation right. and internal rotation and yeah. You know, but really it's like these things happen so quick and you come down on somebody's foot or somebody rolls up on the back. You, yeah. It's really not, you know, there's no, oh, that was exactly a dorsiflexion inversion. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. It's, it's just picture like, perfect or yeah, The ankle right. got twisted, yeah. you know, and if, you're, if your lateral ankle ligaments are injured, it's going to twist more and yeah. can stress more and can tear more. Right, right. Well said. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Is this something that's common or usually accompanied by like fractures or anything? Like, did he get lucky by not breaking anything with this? Or is it like, you know, this is usually just kind of a standalone thing? Well, often the syndesmosis, the high ankle, is is often associated with fracture. Right. But it, it can be standalone. And it's just how how much that twisted. If it, you know, if he if he rolled it over, you know, who knows, a little bit more, it could have broken that bone. Right. It could have broken that fibula low. It could have broken it high. And, and a lot of times in a fracture, the syndesmosis is often disrupted. Right. You know, you, that's fixed along with it. Yeah. I think more often in a fracture, the syndesmosis is involved than what then the syndesmosis is involved, you know, without a fracture. Right. You know, and I'll tell you, I, I, I don't do nearly as many of these now, really important because, because of you, right? Like I, I wind up sending them your way. But when I was still doing a fair amount of these down the stretch, I became way, way, way more aggressive about some fixation across the syndesmosis, like at the slightest hint, like, like just, just fix it, right? Especially with some of the, the fixation that has come out more recently, the, the button and stitch version of it, you know, tightrope would be more the, the brand name uh, version of, 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 you know, strengthening the repair. I became way, way more aggressive about that for exactly what you've been talking about a little bit where, you know, if that gets missed, if there's still some subtle instability there, People do tend to do worse, and it's a harder problem to solve later. You're better just better off just doing it right there and then. Right. I think for me, especially in in the athletic population, sometimes it's like a grade two, and they're you know it's like I, you know, but there's not complete rupture of the interosseous, but right. the AITFL is ruptured. Yeah. You know, and there's some fluid tracking up into there, so it's like, how severe is this grade two? Obviously, a grade three you're going to fix, but a grade two and it's kind of iffy. You know, sometimes I give them the option and I say, I, I talk to them and say, look, you know, you're, 
you know, you're trying to get back, you're trying to get back to your sport, um, your level of activity. The option is you're, you're going to need to have this heal. You have to have some right. time off of it. Do we fix it and make sure that that's going to be in the, in, in the right position and it's not going to go anywhere and it's not going to widen um, and it's going to stay stable? Or do you give it a chance and try to let it heal and you give it those six, eight, ten weeks and then do you have to fix it down the road because it didn't get there? Right. What are expected outcomes if someone needs to have it fixed and you fix it early versus fixing it later? Oh, uh, it's completely completely different why uh, if you fix if you fix it early the 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 syndesmotic ligaments are damaged you know so they're they're torn or partially torn both uh, so you're putting it back into position you're 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 putting the two bones in you know opposed where they need to be so the proper proper distance apart yeah. and you're cinching them down and holding them in that position so that that ligament will scar in and basically recreate itself or scar and create enough scar tissue that that is then stable right and then even after that even if you remove that hardware whatever it may be screw or a tightrope right you know it's it's still stable at that point you can remove that and it's still stable if you don't fix it and it doesn't heal properly then going back in afterwards is you have to do a, a much different procedure you have to open it up and you have to clear out scar tissue that that won't allow those two bones to oppose properly you can't get them back enough. into the right place yeah, you can't get the joint your joint properly aligned so it's always going to be a little bit wider and the ankle the ankle is super symmetrical like you know much more symmetrical than than a joint like the knee right so any 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 divergence any 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 widening of the joint it's not very really, forgiving yeah really creates a lot of incongruency of the cartilage and it wears down a lot quicker causes a lot more you know arthritis quicker so it's a, it's a bigger procedure to, to fix a chronic high ankle sprain, a chronic syndesmotic injury. It's an open procedure. You know, a lot of times you, you'll either fuse those two bones together, which, you know, the normal anatomy is those two bones have some wiggle room. You know, yeah. they move a little bit. So if you fuse that, it does change a little bit of your gait. It changes a little, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's less forgiving. It's less, it's less shock absorbing on your body, you know, down the road. Um, as opposed to putting two little devices across there, or I mean, a screw. They're almost over percutaneous. Right? Yeah, a small little incision, and you pop it across there and just cinch it down in the right position. It's 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 a lot more difficult and a lot better outcome to do it acutely. Yeah. If you fix someone in acute injury, generally they do really well. If it's if it's just a, a high ankle sprain or a syndesmotic injury that you're fixing without a fracture, you get to it quickly. They they you get to it quickly. You, it's it's a it's a quick and easy procedure. They heal relatively quickly, and right. it's like they, they they heal well. They right. do well. So the follow up question then is: if there is a gray area there, these uh, you know type two, so to speak, what is the downside to if if it's kind of falling over to the type two to, to just saying let's just fix them all? Is there is there a downside to fixing it versus potentially just healing on its own? Well, I mean, then you. You run the risk of, are you taking somebody to the OR and throwing in that variable of surgery and opening them up and the risk of infection and right. risk of, you know, they're going under anesthesia. Yeah. You have to go through all your, you know, maybe your pre-op testing. And right. there's, there's, there's always a risk with surgery. How long do they, does it take them to bounce back after surgery? Is it quicker, a shorter, a shorter time after the surgery or longer time typically? Well, after? It's probably depending on what the injury is so if you're fixing if you're fixing a grade two right you know it might be the same timetable recovery as a healing a grade one conservatively right you know but if you if you're trying to heal a grade two conservatively 
and it doesn't go the way you want it, right? Then you're doubling the time or tripling the time, you know. So it's it's fixing a grade two is probably the same time as trying to heal a grade one. So it really depends on the severity. And and so in in my mind, that that winds up being kind of the downside. So so if you fix one that may have gotten better otherwise without surgery, you're probably delaying the recovery. It's probably going to take a little bit longer, and that's weighed against the possibility of missing one that would have otherwise needed to be fixed. So that, that it's, it is, it's a little yeah. bit of a in, challenge. In that area. gray area, it's are you yeah. fixing something that could have healed? Right. right. Or are you ensuring that they're going to heal? Right. You know, and, yeah. and without without the thought of, well, maybe we're going to end up fixing this in eight weeks. Right. Or, or 12 weeks. And then bigger surgery. Different the outcomes surgery. aren't quite as good. Right. And, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to, like you said, that you double the time or you increase that time and then, you know, it's in this instance, right? It's a high caliber athlete. He wants right. to get back soon and it's the timing of it. Right? No one wants to get hurt in the preseason. And right. Like, and this know. is a guy who, like you had said, you know, first round draft choice, right? Really, really high upside. Hasn't quite panned out. Has made now a move, made a change. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to say trying to resurrect or save his career, but to some extent, like, you don't get too many chances in the NFL, right? Yeah, and all I mean, of a sudden, you wind up missing the season. The majority of the season, you, you get another chance next year. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Like, like there's there's a lot on the line. It depends for him. on who's behind you, right? You right. know right. how you can come back. But. Yeah, I mean, it depends on like you said. It depends on who it is, and he doesn't have the resume to be like, oh, let's put let's let's wait right. for it to get better. Yeah, no matter what, he's no got. No matter it, what, yeah. he's going to be the guy. It's like, well, we brought him in to see if he can be that guy. Right. Like, you know, it's unfortunate first play of a team team oh, period. You know, first like, play. First play. They throw oh, a screen to his way, and he gets rolled up. It's like ah, you know, you, you can't you can't beat that. It's so like, unfortunate. Yeah, right. Very unfortunate. Do you have any you know instances where like they don't come back as well, or if it's something that like a chronic is usually the where you have those big downfalls, mm-hmm. where like they're not coming back as good as they they were before. If a patient goes to the ER with an injury, and you know they're told, "Yep, you have no fracture," you know you should follow up somewhere, but there's no fracture, and that patient will hear, oh, "I'm fine. There's no fracture." Yeah, I don't have to worry about this. Look at that. And you know they then they end up with this 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 chronic pain, um, and then you have to fix them. You know, latent, and it's it's it's. It's a lot tougher, but if you catch it, you know, it's like if you see it and really it's like if it's an athlete, whether it's, you know, in a high school or a college is like those trainers are going to make sure that they're follow up somewhere appropriately. Right. And especially, of course, these guys are pros, you know, they know off the bat, but it's like if you if you catch it and you suspect it and you see it and it's a grade two and you fix it. Generally, I think it's almost always going to turn out well. Expectation you know, the, is back expect, to normal. Yeah, you, the, the the expectation is 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 high. Close to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna you're gonna do well. You, you can get back to normal quick. And a prime example is Tua in, in college. I mean, he was fixed, you know, with tight ropes, and he was fixed acutely, you know, on that grade two, and he he came back really quick and did really well, you know, at least with stability with his ankle. I don't know about you know his, <laughs> his play, and, you know, but. That's you know, always in question, right? Everyone's yeah, questioning yeah. his arm strength and everything else. But his ankle was stable. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Right? So with that, does the surgical approach change? Like you mentioned the tightrope and some screws. Is there like a one that's better than the other? Or is there one that's, you know, you do one versus the other for the, the patient based off their 
functionality or they're treading into some technical waters but go ahead a little bit you know just to see just you know yeah so it's newer technology there's newer technology which is like more flexible repairs as opposed to it usually just always be screws you put a screw across you put a three five screw across it and four five screw across it and that screw can break or that screw can start to wiggle into bone and then you have to remove that screw you know at some point whether it breaks or whether it starts to bang around inside the tibia or or the fibula and and you're, you're causing it causes pain so the new newer technology and a couple companies have them i think the biggest one is a tightrope you know you put these little basically endo buttons these little buttons in there cinched together by this fiber tape that holds it down and you cinch Super it down strong suture. as you as hard as you can you know yeah. or as hard or you know you you clamp the joint together till you know where it's perfect on an x-ray you look at it and you look at it multiple little ways and make sure you have it in the exact position you want it and then you cinch it down to exactly where you want it, and then you just, you know, yeah. you cut your wires. They're knotless, and it just holds it you know, where right it there. needs to be. And I think a lot of times it's like if it's just a, a syndesmotic injury, yeah. you know, you can just put the way I do it. I put a little two-hole plate, and I put two tight ropes across it. You know, slightly diverging. diverging right, right. You know, so you're kind of pulling that fibula back into the centers groove. it a little bit better. Yep. Mm-hmm. That does really well. Yeah, the and the big advantage there is like it's, that construct has a built in allows a little bit of motion, which the joint is supposed to have. So that's right. the big advantage. Whereas when you put those screws across it, there's no motion. So eventually, like Matt was saying, eventually either the screws break or you get a little bit of wear around the screws and it starts to move and starts to wiggle a little bit. Sometimes it can start to back out like like so. So the one drawback is if with a very, very big athlete, a very large athlete on a football lineman, there's, there's a question of whether the tightrope is actually strong enough. So, you know, at first, you know, people do one, then you start doing two, and then there becomes a question, do you screw in a tightrope? So there are, there are different options. And that's when I say you're sort of waiting out to technical oh, conversation yeah, that people, in, yeah, that, weeds, that right? some people right. just may not care about, understandably right. so. So with that being said, what what is like a rough timeline of, you know, right now the articles are saying roughly six weeks. So that's a conservative approach. What if, it, if say, if he didn't take that conservative approach, if he got surgery yesterday, how long is he out until he's back to, you know, NFL caliber wide receiver making those cuts and running those routes? Maybe a little bit longer than six weeks, but I think it also would depend on what he's, you know, who he is and where they are in the season. And it's like you might want to, you know, you could probably push it a little quicker if it's, you know, if it's, if you're going into a playoff run and, you know, right. I know like two right. rush back quick and it's like you could probably – I think a lot of times with these these little flexible repairs, you know, the idea is you put that back together, you cinch that back together, and really in the, in about six weeks, it's that ligament is healed up. It's pretty good, right? You know, it's it's pretty good and it's pretty stable. And you could potentially push that at six weeks. You might not be one hundred percent pain free at six weeks, but it's going to be stable enough and it's going to hold and it's going to allow that little bit of movement and wiggle room for it to be stable enough to come back and you know maybe six eight weeks. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So kind of kind of around the same time but it's yeah. a matter of catching it like you said getting it taken care of early and not having to worry about the backlash I, I, and I it's, it's the specific too it's yeah, right you know how that how, how that that guy feels and sometimes some people are just you know ready to go right away and you know don't have pain and some people are, you know they, it lingers a little longer and it's tough yeah. to kind of get them going and i think three months is not an unrealistic expectation on that unfortunately right. yeah yeah and um, i mean it, you know that brings us to like November. That's you know, right. mid mid season, and that, that right. like you said, that could be very, very important for you know specifically career, the Chicago Bears, right? right? Like you know they're, they have a, a shallow or you know not so thick or deep uh, wide receiver room, and yeah. they might need him to come back a little sooner. Important to the team. Important to him. 
Right, exactly. Right. Since, Dr. Brandt, you are here, I want to put you on the hot Let's seat. Let's take advantage bit. of Let's it. Let's take advantage of it, right? <laughs> there, there are some things that happen, like, hot off the press. Just, I, I kid you not, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I saw was um, trying to shift gears a little bit to baseball. Um, Matt Carpenter from the Yankees, the, the report is he fractured his foot. Quick backstory: he was up to bat, took a foul tip, left-handed hitter. He went foul tipped, it bounced off the bat right onto the top of his left foot. They said he fractured his foot. He finished the at-bat. He was thankful he struck out, which was an interesting report to oh, read. God. He was thankful he struck out because he said, I don't think I could have ran if I if I hit that ball. So just speculation of what you think it could have been. You know, it hit right on the top of his foot, right off, you know, just That's total speculation. Total speculation. We're we're just we're just shooting in the dark here. Um, ironically and unfortunately he had a nice uh, guard on his right ankle nothing but a cleat on his left ankle and that's where he took the brunt of the brunt of the hit first he's been having that guy's been having like resurgent like yeah yeah like the last two months that guy's been on fire right he's been doing really well he you know he was released back in may and then got picked up by the yankees and now he's you know he was making a big splash so maybe yeah last month or six weeks like right but it it was it's been incredible it's been impressive to watch So what do you think on that, you know? Well, as a Baltimore Orioles fan, I assume he's out for <laughs> several years. No, I, I think that, uh, you know, looking at the actual injury, the ball just kind of fouled off and hit right on the top of his foot. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, if, if it fractured anything, I would say it may, it could have potentially fractured a metatarsal. It could have, it could have potentially fractured a tarsal bone and maybe more of almost like a, like a stress fracture or a stress reaction or a contusion you know it's like you can chip a little fragment of bone in there and it, 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 you fractured your foot hurts you know but it's like the the ones that are you're more worried about the displacement and the shifting and it's, it, it's probably it's more of like a twisting forced you know forced injury that you know i, I wouldn't imagine he's going to be out too long with what happened to him right. you know it, it's probably more of a contusion maybe a little chip fracture i would say right yeah, I don't know. Your yeah, guess is yeah, better than mine. And then it just and the ball came right down on top, right, you know, yeah. and ricocheted off, and it, and it was off the bat. And it's, it's, you know, unless it hit him perfectly in the metatarsal to break that metatarsal, yeah. you know, right. I kind of wonder if that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been. It was yeah. right there. Yeah. And I think the I think the reports are saying he's seeing a specialist before the Yankees or the team makes any announcements or anything. So we'll see in the next coming days on what exactly that kind of turns out to. Where it's headed, yeah. Um, you know, again, another one fresh off the press today the receiver for the um, Cleveland Browns towards Achilles in practice today Jakeem Grant so it's another one like, things are happening at, at such a high rate right the Browns, the Browns just, they just can't catch man. a break they can't catch a break you know uh, just, he's I mean that's yeah that's that's the year yeah absolutely for him you know right. I mean at this point it's got to be six months six months minimum you know like Cam Akers was the 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 fluke where he came back that early um yeah, but he's that's we that's got to be about Achilles, right? We had you on. We, we did for about... Cam Akers, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean that that's the earliest you can come back from something like that. But these guys, they have a different, you know, different scenario, different setup. These, like I said, these these guys have you know eighty thousand dollar anti gravity treadmills installed in their house, where their <laughs> their job is all day long. To Just like the one we have here at the Energy Lab, do right. rehab, yeah. You know, and it's like where the everyday you know person's got to go to work and pay their bills, and then. And then go take a visit to physical therapy and whatnot. I mean, they, he'll recover quicker, but I mean, that's it's probably season-ending Terry Achilles at I don't, this point. I hate to say I don't know him as a receiver. Is uh, is he a fringe guy or um, he's? Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he did okay in Miami, and I think he's now on the Browns, like like we mentioned, and right. you know, just unfortunate timing. But you know, when you when you look up the headlines of just the new injuries because they're coming out 
regularly now. It's just the time for it. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I just saw that one. I was like, oh, perfect. You know, what What better time for Achilles injuries to have when we have Dr. Brain on? And we can at least kind of, you know, speculate a little bit of what we think. But now that we're, again, in the preseason, NFL, NFL's coming. Yeah. You know, Dr. Frey and I talked a little bit about it. You know, there's a lot of, there's a good amount of people who are coming off of injuries or big names or coming off injuries last year. I think you were here uh Last season for Travis Etienne, his Liz Frank, yep. he, similar guy, got hurt in the in preseason, didn't touch the NFL field, had a big draft stock coming out, and now he's back. We just looked it up pre-show. We looked up a little bit about him, and he he stated that he likes that, that he's being hit now. He's back into the you know into the run of things, yeah. and now he's back from a Liz Frank. So, what do you think? Help our listeners with some fantasy football advice. Yeah. It's almost yeah, I mean, draft time, you know, drafts no. are coming up. Yeah, that's coming right. up. Um, we have ours in a couple of weeks. I don't want to say too much, give away too many of my secrets. That's, that's why we're asking but, you. Uh, like, I really need this info. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, I, I wish I really knew exactly what happened to him because it's, it's, you know, I know he had a list, Frank, but you don't know exactly what part of it and what exactly was done. And there's, there's a lot of different ways that he could have been, you know, it, the repair could have went. But I mean, you know, at this point, you know, depending on what he had, his MRI and how he was repaired, I mean, it's. It, it's it, he, he's in the time frame now where he should be you know full strength and full go. He's you know, just I think about that, at that twelve month mark. I think I think I yeah. looked it up today. It was like August, late August, August twenty fourth ish around then. You have to. It's a year, and I tell people in the office, it's like you know, this is you know this is the beginning of a year long process. It's gonna you know it's like you have to anticipate a year, and it's gonna be you know some ups and downs, and it's a long process. It's just rebuilding that strength, but. You know, these guys can, you know, are always a little bit ahead of the curve with that, you know, because their job is to rehab and, you know, and, and be strong. But I think that he's, he, I mean, it's always a question mark. It's right. always a question mark because it's, you know, it's like, is he, can, can you catch him? Can you catch him more in the late, late round, you know, out, yeah. out of the first round? Maybe, I don't know. You know, it's like maybe you know, he might be a sleeper. It might do really well. I mean, he had, he had great potential heading into last year. Tremendous. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so. Do you think it's a, you know, I, I feel like these, these particular injuries, Liz Frank injuries, are one of those dreaded injuries that has the potential to be a career ender. Although it, I feel like more recently, when people get to them early and fix them early, and they're, it's similar, right? Like they're not mixed, they're not missed, and it's not delayed treatment. That people sometimes maybe outperform what they're traditionally thought of. They actually, when they do recover, they actually do get closer back to normal than then the way they're traditionally thought of as potential career renders. What, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think that depends on exactly what what the pathology was. And sometimes it's just ligamentous and sometimes it's just the actual ligament itself. Sometimes the, you know, the whole joint complex is shifted. shifted. Yeah, that's, sometimes I you mean, have you're to right. fuse Very it. Very variable. Sometimes, you know, it, and, and there's, you know, along with the, the tightrope, there's an internal brace for that that you can just kind of cinch that down and give it a little bit of a more flexible anatomic repair as opposed to putting screws across. Right. And, and again, I think that, I really think that almost everything is leaning more towards being a little bit of early weight bearing and early range of motion and, and, and being more, more active and aggressive with it in the recovery process, right. wh whether it's Achilles or, you know, Liz Franks or, or whatever you're dealing with. I mean, it's just everything, you know, that trending in that direction, trending to get it, get a little bit, you know, push it a little bit more than what it used to be. So I don't know. I think that, I think that he's, he's an interesting one to keep a watch on, but this is also an injury where you could, you know, it's very possible that, you know, it's never could, be, the same. could be week three, week four. And it's like, ah, he aggravated, you know, aggravated that, that right. foot again, you right. know, cause you don't know exactly what his repair was. And, you certainly never want to see that the re-aggravation of something going on right which 
kind of segues into our another big name. Oh boy, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, right? He um, he got injured back in 2019, week one, injured yeah. his ankle, missed some time. Only played a total of seven games that year, and you know reports are saying that he it looked like he was playing on one ankle that whole time, and then I, I, to my knowledge, he got surgery in June 2021, mm -hmm. and then tried to come back, couldn't do it, had some complications, ended up missing all of last season. And now he's back on the field. There's some videos of him doing some seven on seven. And it was reported to potentially that he's also in a high ankle, which we've kind of discussed. Like he was kind of one of those guys who went conservative, didn't do so well, had right. some in interruptions, and then went and got the surgery. And the guy who had the potential to be one of the best in the game, like a yeah. really, and really it was good yeah. right after a breakout, you know, great statistical year. So that's kind of ties in, I think, with what we were saying when it's like, do you fix it early, acutely, or do you wait and try to treat it conservatively and then have to fix it later? And I know he had his fixed and he didn't have his fixed off the bat. So he may have kind of gone the route of fixing that a little bit down the road and have to do a little bit more. And they just don't turn out as well as if you treat it, right. treat it acutely. And I'm surprised they would even if it, I mean, and you don't know what exactly he had and what his MRI was, but if they're kind of on the fence with somebody like that of that of that caliber, I think that you know, I'm surprised they wouldn't just go and throw some tight just ropes like in we were there. Saying, Tua, yeah. you know, just like that. I mean, that's that's kind of you know the model at this point. And why risk you know having to do that later repair, which doesn't turn out as well? And they he had it repaired, and then they said there were complications with regards to his surgery. And it's oh, like, boy. was it was it a complication? <laughs> right. Was it was right. it something, or was it that the the procedure just lasted longer than expected? Or different than expected because it was a later stage repair. Right, right, right. You so know? let me let me break it down for you then another way. You know, this is a guy who I think he's, if he's available to you in the second round, otherwise you're jumping all over it. Like heck yeah. But let's say you're getting to the end of the second round now and he's there on your draft board. Are you jumping on it or are you saying? Eh, I don't think he was even the second round before. I think yeah. he was always a first rounder. But right, right, now right, that's I think what I'm if, he, if he drops the second round now, I think. Or you, well, he's also he's also got Jameis Winston throwing right. to him, which is <laughs> a question mark anymore, too. Right? It's not Drew Brees anymore. Which Jameis Winston will either throw five touchdowns or five interceptions. Right. Then you, you know? also have James Winston coming off ACL repair too. He so that you two banged up guys coming yeah, off. So. <laughs> it's a bigger question mark. He's definitely going to drop, but yeah. but it, I mean, you never know. He could be he could be a great you know late later round pick, a sleeper pick. One of know? those guys that just makes your team if you got him. And some of those guys, no matter pick. what, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna make plays. They're gonna get the ball. They're gonna get open. You know, they're gonna out. You know, they're gonna beat that defensive back. He's a big guy. Right. You know, he's good. And Jameis Winston can throw it. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh yeah, he can, he can launch you know, a ball. He he can put it up. Now, now in similar vein, what what about Christian McCaffrey? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I heard he's back full go. I saw something about him making a diving touchdown, you know, catch and practice. And is it, I think that Christian what, McCaffrey. What was his injury again? I'm sorry. We we tried to look it up and there was, you know, unfortunately. I think he was a high ankle, ankle sprain, sprain too. Right. Yeah. He was a high ankle sprain. Non-operative. Right. It was non-operative. And I think yeah. it was a high ankle sprain as well. But he, yeah, he ended on the IR. Um, and I know because I drafted him in one of my leagues. <laughs> yeah, same here. We're on the same boat on that yeah, last year. Yeah, crushed me. But <laughs> that was um, me two years ago when he got hurt. So yeah. just yeah, keep that in yeah, mind. I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, there was his shoulder. There was his ankle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that he's he's back now. He, he, you know, it's like if you're if you're willing to take that risk on somebody who might be a little bit injury prone, I I, I still would. I feel like I maybe I just don't learn from my own mistakes, right. but I think I still would with Baker Mayfield with him. That might be a little bit of a 
No, or Sam change Darnold. It, I don't know. Could yeah. change it up a bit, a lot, right? Could I don't know if that's good or bad, man. Yeah, he, I don't know. I I, I kind of like Baker Mayfield. Right. I think he's. I think he's QB got something to prove now. Determined yet, so it's still up for speculation. Who's going to be the starter week one? So we'll we'll kind of see with that. Did you see that? If Baker Mayfield starts week one, that if while well, they play the Browns week one, if he's starting week one, the Browns are actually paying Baker Mayfield, I think, five hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars to play that game to play against them. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah there, there was a portion <laughs> of the salary that yeah. the Browns are. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. You can't oh man, what that, are they right? doing? Yeah, you never know. I know it, it might it might hurt you a little bit to answer this next question, but as an Eagles fan, you know, as a we have. Brandon Graham, the veteran defensive lineman coming back from an Achilles tear last year. Right. What do you think in his regard for his position, his age? You know, he's kind of on his tenure. He's been around league for about 10 years. What do you think his impact would be coming back this year? When was the tear? Well, well, it was later in the season, wasn't it? I forget exactly. I, I forget exactly when it was, but I know he missed a good portion of it kind of early on, and it kind of messed up our right. defensive line corpse a little bit in that regard. Sure. So, all right. So it was earlier. It was yeah, earlier. Okay. I believe so. Yeah, career ending. It's over. <laughs> Season over for the whole team. Now, are, you, are you speaking from the heart, or are you speaking from your mind with that one? Speaking from my Washington right. commanders. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think it depends on when he, when he was actually injured. I, I'm not sure of the week when he was injured. But like I said, these guys, I mean, they're, they're, their job is to, is to just be recovering and be strengthening and be, you know, be rehabbing this. And it's like, I mean, it, it, it depends on when he could do it. But I mean, for him, I mean, at this point, you have to look at an Achilles injury with these professional athletes as, as a, you know, maybe a six month Right, six month at the earliest. Right, mm-hmm. you know, six to eight maybe could also be eight to ten. Right, could be a year. You yeah. know, it, it could be season ending. But like you know, it's like it's more. It's trending more towards maybe the six to nine month mark. Right, you know, maybe so depending on when he was out. And I think that you know he he's a big guy, but uh, you know, it's a lot of force going through there. But I yeah, think so he, I could, just, he could make an impact. Just double checked. He only played two games last year, so All it right. was early on. Gives so him a little more. Uh, a little more yeah, so he could be out back. there. Yeah. He could be out there. Yeah. So I think uh, that that about wraps it up for this, you know, this great discussion of a bunch of different things. We, we kind of covered a lot of different topics. So, Dr. Brand, thank you for that. Yeah. And prior to us closing out our tab, we just want to thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and focus on you approach for all your orthopedic needs. And the Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance center and destination. Neck of the Woods Brewing Company serving us the coldest beers in Pittman, New Jersey tonight. <laughs> we also want to thank our friends at Timber Rear Productions. And lastly, but not least, a shout out to Jason Kopech. Oh, we man, miss we you, miss buddy. buddy. Yeah, yeah. We hope things are you. going well. And we do hope everything's going well. And uh, we will catch you next week. We do have a, another good week lined up. To a little foreshadowing. I'll give it a little foreshadowing. We have a lot of people retiring early, a couple season-ending injuries with the spine, neck, and uh, it'll be an interesting discussion next week as well. I so agree. So stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time.